1: Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endured forever. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow Christians and friends, the Hope in the Faith Kingdom Hour of Prayer streaming live is now on the air. We come to you each and every Friday at 4 o'clock p.m. If you would like to join us, the number to call is area code 724-444-7444 and enter the call ID 125026 followed by the pound sign. We ask that you please mute your phones. We are a production of Hope Interfaith Kingdom Ministries, Chicago, Illinois, Brownsville. The number to call us is area code 773-924-2790. I am your host, Pastor Michael Boddy. Live on another Friday with your host, Pastor Michael Body, at four o'clock PM. You can still join us by dialing area code 724-444-7444 and enter the call ID one two five zero two six followed by the pound sign. Yes, we do ask that you please mute your phones. We are indeed a production of Hope in the Faith Kingdom Ministry, Chicago, Illinois, Bronzeville. And the number to call us is Syria code 773 2790. Or join us on demand at www.talkshoe.com forward slash TC forward slash 125026. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, give thanks unto God, because God is a good God, and he is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. We're so happy that you allowed us to come into your homes, on your jobs, your place of business, uh, your place of confinement, wherever you were kind enough to tune us in at this four o'clock hour. Thanks be unto God that given us the victory. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I thank God for Jesus because he is a wonderful God. I heard on the other day somebody said, for these hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. And so, you know, when it comes to lifting up the name of Jesus, I just have to cry out because God just been so much done so much to me and been so much to me I just can't tell it all. Amen. We thank you for sharing with us today and uh we praise God that we are, are in the beginning of a, another year hope in the faith kingdom ministries and hope in the faith our up prayer kingdom Our prayer amen and this week our weekly intercessory prayer list is as follows bishop vesta and lady bonnie dixon elder and sister richard irving evangelist francis smith elder isaac and sister alfreda blaylock minister daryl and sister charlotte jackson minister anthony and sister angela reed proud grandparents Elder Darling Childs, Minister Angela Catali, Sister Deborah Aldridge, Deacon Herman, and Sister Phyllis Berry, Mother Annie Bolden, Mother Virgie Jones, Mother Gessner Kathy, Brother John Connors, Minister Louise Davis, Mother Mamie Dixon, Mother Margaret Fights, Victory Island, Mother Matilda Johnson, Mother Eula Jones, Ollie Landon, Mother Ovella McHaney, Deacon George and Sister Dorothy Woods, Brother Horace and Mother Annie Harper, Nicole Goins-Webb and family, Sister Priscilla Moore, Sister Daisy Morgan, Mother Chaney Warren, Sister Teresa Taylor, Sister Rosalind Manny, Mother Stephanie Weston, Brother Willie and Mother Ida White, Deacon Norris and Mother Jeanette Hart-Williams, Deacon Walter Williamson family, Mother Lily Willis, Walter and Mother Lily Wright, Sister Yvonne Booker and family, Sister Elizabeth Smith, Sister Mioka Davenport, Sister Lisa Jackson, Michelle Brooks, Sister Ivory Roy, Mother Viola Wartlaw, Gloria Bolton, Rita Humes, Elder Ant- Antoine Simmons, Sister Shirley Ward, Reverend A. William Staton, Reverend James Hall, Jr., the Orange family, Brother Dale Davenport, Brother Tony Pruitt, Elder Dennis Lee, Reverend Carl Hawthorne, Harriet Thompson Wells, the Wade family, Sister Jambro Ewing, Joanne Braylock Davis, and Amani, Mother Janice White, Brother Van Wardlaw, Mother Lois Stewart, who just had a successful surgery, amen, the procedure on her heart, amen, and we praise God for bringing her through that. The McClinton family, Sister Irene, Paulette, Andre Thompson, Carolyn Thompson, Bobby Forte, and Jesse Taylor for the sick, the shed-in, the bereaved, and those behind prison walls as far as our voices can be heard. Amen, amen. At this time, we're going to allow, if there's anyone that that would like to have something to say or you would like to give us your name and church affiliation, you might do so at this time.
2: Hi, uh, Pastor Body. This is Reverend Shelby, uh, pastor of the Church of Living
3: Faith. We're located at 1853 East 79th Street in Chicago, and we invite everyone to come out and be with us on Sundays starting promptly at 12 noon.
1: God bless you. All right. God bless you. That's Reverend Dr. Milton Shelby, our brother in the Word of God, and he's inviting you to the worship experience of the Church of Living Faith, 1853, East on seventy-ninth Street in Chicago, Illinois. Amen. He is the pastor and teacher. Is there anybody else?
4: God bless. God
1: bless you. Calling in, I'm a member of the Unison uh, Missionary Baptist Church, i was
5: Pastor Dixon, and we are on Friday like, 2050 with... So I'm just calling in for prayer. I thank God I made another day, another year. And if I see April, I'll make another birthday.
1: Praise God.
5: to be in the land of the living. And I tell old Pastor Shelby, I know he's out there, but I just want to say hello to him anyway.
1: Praise God. Since Reverend Shelby is here, I know he has a busy schedule today, but he stopped by to be with us since you are here right now. Could you take us to the throne of grace, uh, Dr. Shelby? Uh, I'm
3: going to ask, if you will, uh, Pastor Rodney, that you do
1: so uh, at Okay.
5: <laughs>
1: Let us pray. Father, we come one more time in thy sight and in thy presence.
5: Yes, Lord.
1: Thanking you for your many blessings. Thank you for life, health, strength. Oh God, you have been good to us. You have kept us another week and we say thank you. Thank you, Father, for the activity of our limbs. Thank you for two eyes to see. Thank you for being good to us. Thank you for being food on our tables. Thank you for being closed on our back. We thank you for our children. We thank you for the shelter over our head, Father. We thank you for bringing us from the earliest of, this, of our existence up until right now. We thank you for just being God. We realize that we need you and we can't make it without you.
0: We realized
1: that mercy raised your throne one day and pity brought you down, Father. We're not asking you to change your mind, but to let your will be done. Oh God, look on us right now and have mercy on us. If it be thine holy will, touch right now in a mighty way. Look on our city. Look on the shootings. Look on the violence. Look on the on the uh, prejudice and the racism. Look on mothers hating daughters and daughters hating mothers and sons hating fathers and fathers hating sons. Look in our churches. Look on our leaders. Look on our pastors. You say this, my people, which I call by my name. Shall humble themselves and pray You said you would heal the land Oh God, touch, set free and deliver right now In the name of Jesus Bind up broken hearts Set the captives free, Father We realize we can't do nothing till you come, Father Now, Father, somebody need a financial blessing Somebody sick in the hospital right now Need a healing in the body I know you're able, Father. Touch us never before. If you're being your holy will, Father, touch somebody's mind. Touch somebody's mind. Somebody is going through something right now, Father. Touch their mind, Father. Give them direction. Give them an understanding. Give them your word. Give them
2: healing. Have an understanding
1: that you are the way, the truth, the light. And they can't do nothing without you, Father. We realize that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. So, Lord, we believe that you can work it out, whatever it is. We understand that in you we are conquerors. We are overcomers. We will be successful. Deliver, Lord. Touch right now. We believe in you right now. So we decree, we declare in the name of Jesus that your will be done. We stand in agreement, touching, agreeing, Over our election, Father, touch the minds of the people that are running for public office. Touch the ones who have to go out to the poll and vote. But at the end, Father, you make the final decision. For we know that you don't make mistakes, Father, you are mighty God. You are omnipotent, God. You are omniscient, God. You are a God that us not. So we trust in you that your will be done. We pray this in the name of Jesus. We lift up this prayer. Amen. in the Faith Kingdom I with Prayer, streaming live on another Friday evening, and we are going to talk about today, whatever happened to prayer meetings, what happened to prayer meetings. With so much going on in our communities, in our nation, in our homes, on our jobs, you would think that people would be praying more than they ever prayed before. Yes, I even had the nerve, I had the audacity, I had the gall to even to question God. But I had to realize that God is the ruler and the finisher and the creator of all things. So today, we have to question whatever whatever happened to prayer meeting i've noticed since prayer meeting when i was a child things have changed so much love has changed to the point the people even within the church perimeters the relationships and consciousness are not such uh, by way of appearance, because we don't know the heart of man, to show that they are born again believers in Christ. There are people that would rather walk down than the other aisle than to shake hands with one another. There's people that go to the church and have negative consciousness in reference to the pastor and the leaders.
2: They even people in the
1: church house or somebody said, But why are you not talking about the folks outside? Because see the prayer meeting was always inside. I can also remember, brothers and sisters, that prayer meeting was on Sunday, some Sundays at whatever time, and then there was midweek prayer meeting. For the people that didn't work, there was twelve noon prayer meeting, and God was doing miraculous things in our lives
2: because of our
1: fasting and prayer. Well, there's a lot of people that say, well, things have to change. You can't live in yesterday. The Bible says Jesus the same today, yesterday, and forever. And I don't think that. The move of God can be compared to everyday life because God is the supreme being. He is the I am. He is the Jehovah Jireh. He is the Jehovah Nisa. He is the Jehovah Rapha. He is the I am that I am. And a lot of us dare to challenge even the appearance of God with our common everyday actions and activities. But the church need to change. Jesus said, on this rock, I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In my upbringing, this is what I saw. Church that people love to be at all day Sunday, Wednesday,
2: choir rehearsal. BTU, B-Y-P-U, and we didn't want to go home. I also saw people
1: coming to church on Sunday at 9 o'clock for Sunday school, staying for 11 o'clock service, staying and having dinner, staying for 3.30 service, staying for 6 o'clock Baptist Training Union or YPWW. Young People's Willing Workers. After that, we had a 730 service. And after that, we went to broadcast.
2: Well, the scripture does say, remember the Sabbath
1: day and keep it holy. Well, these educated folks of the day, and that's sometimes we get too educated. And I'm not going to call nobody no names, but y'all know what uh, the folk that have so much education but no understanding of the Word of God, they have a zeal of God but are not according to knowledge. Being ignorant of God's righteousness, they go on about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. If the Bible say, remember the Sabbath day and... and, and, and Keep it holy, you shouldn't work your ox, your ass, your maid servant, your man sir, but we find a way to make it change. We change it. Well, it really didn't mean that, and that was back then.
2: Well, since we said it's back then, now the churches
1: are, uh, are fewer numbers. People are not tithing The consciousness of sowing and
2: reaping is not
1: in their mindsets. And I'm not saying this for everybody, but I'm saying on a large scale, people go out to church now out of tradition, and when those two hours are over, we are ready to go. Well, what happened here? Looked like somewhere, brothers and sisters, something happened to the foundation. Well, we took devotion out. Well, this is a new church now. This is a new church era. We got we have praise and worship, and, and praise and worship music is okay with me. But I never fail to look back on when the mothers. And the deacons prayed now the mothers and the deacons in the church they just sit there, some in uniforms or some just sitting, and so it seems like to me it's not about God like it was then it's about us
2: and i'm I'm gonna go another step, maybe I shouldn't
1: go here. And some pastors, they sing like it's about the pastor. I don't need the choir to quiet a march in. We don't need to sing the Lord's Prayer. We don't need a congregational song. Come on, hurry up and get through. Or maybe it just looked like that to me. So where are you going, Pastor Body? Where I'm going is that we we forgot about the foundation of the church in our consciousness. The condition of a good church can be accurately determined by its prayer meetings, the condition. A church not praying, a lot of stuff ain't going on in it. People are not being drawn. The church
2: is not being effective.
1: Uh, It's called by some people, the prayer meeting is a grace amateur a grace from which we may judge the amount of divine working among the people by the grace. Divine working, beginning with prayer. Church don't run off a choir. The foundation of a church is not a choir. And this is what's happening. People trying to run church off for music and acquire but prayer meeting is a graceometer from which again we may judge the amount of divine working among god's people the thermometer of a church itself is prayer meeting the thermometer if it's cold in the church Spirit is not there, you can rest assured somebody have not turned on the fire. And prayer turns on the fire. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying that somebody is not praying in the church at all. But we ought to reverence God and have consciousness that we want to set aside a special hour, at least. I'm reminded of Jesus when he went to pray, and he went on to the mountain. And the Bible says he prayed until sweat ran down like drops of blood. And he said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine. And he went and found the disciples sleeping. He asked a question that I asked today. Could not you watch with me for one hour? And we don't even uh, need to even ask that question no more because it's evident that that one hour is too much, not just in our local church, but in local churches all over the city, all over the country, all over the nation. Yes, if this is true, and I believe it is, then what does that say about a church when the prayer meeting is the least attended meeting of the week? Now, I don't understand how pastors orchestrate church meetings and don't orchestrate prayer meetings. I'm going to say that again. That says a lot about a church when the prayer meeting is the least attended meeting of the week. Well, what does it say about a church that don't even have prayer meetings? Something wrong with a church with no prayer meetings. Well, Deacon Jones pray, well, I pray, but the church needs to pray. I don't have the uh, definitive answer to why prayer meetings have become nearly extinct. Well, I suspect that some combination of the following factors are Involved. First of all, people don't get excited over prayer because you can't do a lot of jumping around and wiggling your butt and all that. You know, prayer doesn't draw no crowd. There has to be some kind of entertainment factor to get people interested. In the church nowadays, you got to have a gimmick. That's what the whole church is built. The whole mega church is built up off of gimmicks. Dressed like this. You can wear anything. You don't have to prepare yourself. And and, 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 it, and what it does, it, it goes from, the spirit goes from one church to another. Churches that stood for something beginning to fall for anything. We have to put our trust in the human methodologies, and strategies. I mean, we have. That's what we do. We depend on human methodologies and strategies instead of the wonder work and prayer of a righteous man. Prayer is hard work and it is easy to try to fix things ourselves. We're satisfied with the status quo. There's no sense of desperation for God in the church. We we just want to have church service. Come on, let's look at it. it. It's not about, we are not on fire. Again, I'm not talking about every church and I'm not talking about everybody. But a majority of us, a vast majority, uh, we have no sense of desperation for God. And I'm not talking about at home. I'm talking about in the church house. The slothfulness in prayer is one of the first signs of God's absence from a church. When prayer's not there, brothers and sisters, don't look for God's presence. What did God, what Jesus say? He said, "My house shall be called a house of prayer." God's intention always has been for His house. To be a place where people come to pray. God said it in Isaiah fifty six and seven. Jesus repeated it. Nowhere does the Bible say my house shall be called a house of music. No, sir. But some churches that pay the musician three three hundred dollars a week and get a pastor, I owe you. Nowhere does the Bible say my house should be called a house of preaching
2: after the prayer we need
1: to get the uh, the prayer to go first and 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 God will take care of the preaching cuz he will speak through that man or woman of God i'm not minimizing the importance of music or preaching or any of those things. We need to sing in church, we need to teach, and we need to preach. But collectively seeking God in prayer ought to always be a a, a defining characteristic of our meeting and elevate it to a place of uh, preeminence in our corporate, corporate gatherings. We can't help but see the book of Acts that corporate prayer was given the highest priority. Y'all hear that? Corporate prayer. We got to pray together.
2: I, I had to stop for
1: a minute there because I was just looking at how the church looked on Wednesday. Can okay, we push Bible study? But they don't no need to come into Bible study if you don't have no prayer that God can open up your understanding before. Well, we do a prayer before we start? Yeah, we do a prayer. But there needs to be corporate. You're a pastor and folks in your church
2: don't know how to pray. Something wrong.
1: They have to be given the opportunity. They have to be exposed to. But if there's no prayer meeting, there's no corporate prayer. And corporate prayer was given the highest priority, by church leaders and members, when a church came together, they prayed together. Now it's about singing together. These all, with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer, to prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The early believers had no strategy other than to come together and what? Pray and wait on God. That's it. That was their strategy, united and continual prayer. And guess what? It worked. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Watch this word again. And to pray. This first description of the early church after the day of Pentecost gives us a glimpse into the corporate life of the first church. Praying together was one of the essentials that defined church life. I'm going to stop right there. Uh, I hope I put something out there that might be a help to somebody because we definitely got to understand the importance of corporate prayer. If we want our churches to grow, if we want to lead people to Christ, we have to ask ourselves, is it about us or is it really about God?
2: So we're
1: getting ready to uh, bring Reverend Walter Butts And this is going out for Van Wartlow, Harriet Thompson-Wells, for Henry Warfield, and sister, mother, Viola Wartlow, and the whole Thompson family. And this is You Took Away the Pain. was Reverend yeah. Reverend Doctor
5: Butts.
1: Yes that was. And that went out for uh, Van Wartlow, Harry Thompson Wells, uh from Henry Warfield, Andre Thompson, Carolyn Thompson for the uh for Viola uh, a mother excuse me, mother Viola Wartlow and for the Thompson family. Away the pain. This is the Hope and the Faith Kingdom Hour of Prayer streaming live in the PM with your host, Pastor Michael Body. And we're so happy to have you here with us. And I hope you're enjoying our discussion on the day. We're talking about uh we're asking a question what happened to the prayer meeting? What happened to the prayer meeting? And we and I'm just telling you all things I'm saying, it don't make what I'm saying right, but I'm just letting you know what the, what is on my heart, what uh, the Lord is saying to me, I don't know, the Lord might be saying something else to you, and I don't know if Reverend Shelby is there, but if Reverend Shelby is there, and he's able to, we're going to tackle some of this. All uh,
3: right, thank you, uh, Pastor Boddy. I'm here. Uh, One thing is for sure, Pastor Roddy, and that is uh, a spiritual life without the element of prayer is not a life that's being uh, fulfilled to its fullest possibility. You really are missing the boat if you don't have a prayer life. Your prayer life is your connection to God. This is when you talk to him. He talks back to you. And this is when you open up your mind to receive the guidance that God gives you. And so it is with the church. A church that does not pray is a church that's disconnected from God because our instructions come to us when we pray, when we meditate. That's
1: why the Dr. Bible Shelby. Dr. Shelby. Yes, sir. Uh, I need to ask you a question, and I'm so happy that you are here. I wish there were other pastors that were pre- present. In today's church, because I know that you you uh, pastor a church, Can you see the effect, or what is your feeling about churches? And I and I don't really think that the pastor is doing the wrong thing. I think it's because what has happened uh, with the fiscal church, or uh, what has happened in the in the life of church period nowadays. But can you see the effect has on the growth? Uh, spiritual and physical of churches when prayer, not just prayer, and I want you and and I want to touch that, but prayer meeting is not in the churches.
3: Well, let me let me say this because I don't want to condemn anyone because we, you know, we we're on the outside per se looking in. I will say this that a church that does not pray, does not have prayer, or does not teach about prayer, or does not develop their members in the area of prayer is actually missing the foundation of your spiritual relationship with God. You cannot have a a strong, let me say spiritual, Relationship with God without prayer. Now, here's one thing I have learned. I have learned that it is not necessary to pray all day. But I will say the more you pray, the stronger you will become. I will also say this: everybody don't know how to pray. So I wouldn't want to be in a church that prays and they pray for pray for a half an hour, an hour, and they
1: don't know what they're doing. Okay, <laughs> Reverend Shelby, my question you have answered well, but what I'm what I'm really asking is what was in our question in reference to the prayer meeting itself. Uh, I know a lot of churches. Sure, they teach prayer, they have prayer, but. There is no prayer meeting, and and most prayer meetings only last an hour. So that's what the, the question, maybe I didn't make it clear what I was asking. Did you think that the the fact that prayer meeting is not what goes on in the church, is it affecting the congregation? Is it, is it, is it affecting the church? It's not just prayer, but having a set prayer meeting.
3: I don't think it's necessary for all. Remember, God is universal. And so what's right for me, uh, Pastor Body, may not be right for you. So for me, prayer meeting for an hour on Wednesdays, every Wednesday where we come together and we just close the doors and we just pray, that may be right for me. For you, it may be something different. For someone else, it may be something different. So when we understand that God is universal and that no one has a cornerstone on God, we then expand our understanding to know that if this is right for me, this is what I should be doing and this is what I should be following. And I'll give you an example of that. To say that a church that has 5,000 is more spiritually connected to God than a church that has five and not 5,000 is just not the truth. Because in many instances, that church with the five is more spiritually connected to God than the one with the 5,000. And so it is in our prayer life that for those of us who understand the power of prayer and this is the way we've been taught and this is what works for us, I say uh, we must continue in this vein. But for me to say that other churches or ministries that do not come together and pray for a solid hour on a certain time or a certain day uh, is not, um, is 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 missing an important part of their spiritual foundation, uh I can't really say that because I I will say this, if they are not praying at all, then yes they are missing a part of their spiritual foundation. You know. You now, said
1: something. Mhm. And and you touched my heart when you said that. Uh you know we talk often and I listen to you so I have two things I want to touch on with you and I'm so happy you're here and I know that I listeners they say how much they enjoy you and I like to get uh other opinions and other teachings okay we touched on okay and I, I very well understood what you said in reference to prayer meeting as a set-aside day and time. Okay, uh, in reference to the leader, because I heard you mention that a lot of the people don't even know how to pray. Two things that you mentioned that that touched my heart, you said a lot of them don't know how to pray. But if they don't have some kind of session Class, prayer meeting. Okay, you said some of them don't know how to pray. Then another uh, thought that you gave us was that some people don't want to be sitting somewhere somebody praying all day long. And I I, I sing that as well. Some people don't want to sit there through a whole hour of praying. Less than that, no fifteen minutes of praying, but. As pastors, and I'm not speaking of you, uh, Pastor Shelby, what do you think far as prayer? If it's not prayer meeting, which I've seen it, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I've seen the difference in the church since prayer meeting and devotion and choir marching in. And I know people say, well, buddy, you stuck in the old way. Well, but I've seen the difference uh what the church is losing. My question to you, as a pastor and uh you're speaking for other pastors, is there something the pastor can do or how would you, how would you uh attack this situation uh to give us some understanding? Of the consciousness of the, today's church, and who's responsible for uh, that teaching and leading, and making sure that that there is some type of prayer life in the church.
3: Uh, let me say this: It starts with the pastor. You, if this is my belief, every pastor should have a prayer life. They should have a time in which they pray, in which they give themselves to God, and they ask God to lead them and guide them to be good under-shepherds over the sheep in which they've been given. And that should be daily. That should be every day. And Whether that's for that individual
1: servant. pastor? Huh? Is that for that individual pastor? That's
3: where that's where we have to start.
1: With the okay. If they start with
3: the church. You have to start with the with pastor. the
1: individual pastor, okay.
3: Absolutely. You have to start and if that pastor is not into praying or don't have a prayer life, then he is not giving to the sheep. As Jesus said unto Peter, Feed my sheep. He is not feeding them all that he is supposed to feed them. Because as an under-shepherd, as a shepherd or leader, however you want to put it, it is the responsibility of the pastor to teach the congregation to pray. Now, that's
1: done. I have a question, and the reason, please forgive me, we don't have much time. Uh, The reason I'm asking these questions, so other people... 'Cause you know we always tape these and somebody might want to hear where we went on this. Uh, you 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 are in church on Sundays, okay, you have a Sunday school and then you might have a Bible study and those are different. When, where, how? In a church where you well basically you have a two hour And that's in most churches now, two to three hours in the building. Do you teach members how to pray?
3: There's many different areas of ministry where you can teach people to pray, but I don't want want it to be thought of that you have to actually demonstrate prayer. Before the demonstration comes, you must first get an understanding. When the disciples came to Jesus,
0: Remember,
3: and they asked them to teach us to pray. Remember that they were Jewish men. They had a prayer life. It wasn't like they were unchurched. They prayed five times a day. But they realized that there were some elements missing in their prayers in which they needed in order to strengthen their prayers. So they came to Jesus and asked him to teach them to the pray. And here's what I'm sharing with you. The, the subject of prayer can be taught in Sunday school. It can be taught in Bible study. You just jump it up praying but don't have an understanding of the principles of prayer, does that mean that your prayers are affected because you don't understand what you're doing?
1: Very good, bodies? Pastor Shelby. Okay, so... I, I, I jumped in there again. That covers the, the teaching and the training to actually pray. Where does that come in? You cannot
3: have that without the teachings.
1: True, but then where does you can't,
3: the training no, no, come listen, in? No, no, listen to me, because you cut me off. In all that I getting...
1: Get that, an understanding. An understanding.
3: Before you can drive a car, you need to understand the purpose of the accelerator. You need to understand the purpose of the brake before you put the car in and drive. And I'm sharing that with you because all too often people do not know how to pray, so they pray the devil in your life instead of praying the devil out of your life.
1: Ah, oh, that's true.
3: And they spend as much time focusing in on the devil and how good and how strong he is and how powerful he is and how they're gonna outrun him than they are in reference to saying, Get thee behind me, because my father is oblivious omniscient and I'm thy present, and all power is in the palm of his hands, and go forth. So therefore, I do not, I don't care who they are, I don't care how well-known they are, and I'm just tossing it out here, T.D., Jakes, whoever, it doesn't matter, you are not going to pray over me if you don't know what you're doing. That's the bottom line. It's the same as allowing people to lay hands on you. People will get in line in a minute because the line is long, and the person at the head of the line who's laying hands on you is a crew. See, so you have to you have to know about this. So let me get take you to the point in which you just said, because it does not matter how often you pray. If you don't know how to pray, you will bring the wrong things and pray for the wrong things and the wrong things will occur in your life. So in all of that getting, get an understanding before you jump to the prayer meeting. So prayer can be taught in school. Prayer can be taught in Bible study and so forth. And then you gradually move that student into the actual uh activity of prayer itself, but you just don't walk into a, a you know just let me say this, we are far more educated today in the Word of God than we were 40 years ago. Forty years ago we just took whatever the preacher said and that was it and we just did it and that was it. But God says that all of that did it get an understanding of what you're doing. And so I always say, listen, don't just take my word for it. Go behind me and study yourself. That's why I say this so often, uh, Pastor Body. All too often, the children of God claim they know the Bible. Their Bible will have 2,025 pages in it, they will read 1,000 pages and say they know the Bible. Totally impossible. The other thousand pages that are in there, I hear people say, oh, that's irrelevant. If it's irrelevant, why is it in the Bible? Why are archeological findings in the Bible? Why are footnotes in the Bible? Why are cross-references in the Bible? Why are uh, uh, things of... uh, uh, information that gives you a better understanding of allegories and parables and so forth. Why are they there if they're not relevant? But we won't do that. We'll read the 23rd Psalm and say, oh, I
4: know what God meant.
3: You know, not necessarily if you don't know where David was when he wrote it. You know, was he in the midst of a wedding or was he in jail? Was he running from Saul was he in the desert saying I, I must encourage myself or was he now king over Israel?
1: So we wanna thank you. From... We wanna thank you, uh, Dr. Shelby, and I say that we really had a good class on today. We had a good uh the ministry was uh, very much full and I thank you uh for sharing with us on, uh, it it really gives us something to look forward to. Once again, the clock on the wall said it's time for us to go. And we are looking for you again on next Friday at 4 o'clock. I hope Dr. Shelby will be back again. And we're looking for you uh, on Monday at Evening Star Missionary Baptist Church 2050. West 59th Street in Chicago, Illinois. We will be having an encore presentation of the movie uh, War Room, and it starts exactly at 3 o'clock. We will have some food. We will have some popcorn, and it is free. And Dr. Shelby, you invited to be my guest.
3: I Thank you ever so much, Brother uh, Pastor uh, Boddy.
1: All right. So... We want to thank each and every one that tuned in. We're going to ask uh, Dr. Shelby if he would lead us to the throne of grace. I sure will.
3: Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for this time, and for this moment in our lives. God, we thank you for opening up our minds that we may be open and receptive to the inflow and the outpouring of all there is in you. Thank you, Father, for expanding our understanding so that we may not only talk the talk but walk the walk in which you so desired for us to do as we may be able to be witnesses and be the carrier of the word to those who are lost and those who are unchurched
2: so that they may
3: understand that it is all about a personal relationship with you. As we have a personal relationship with you, God, you shall heal us. God, you will lead us, you will guide us. And the stronger our personal relationship is with you, the better it is for us. So on this day, we thank you for Pastor Body. We thank you for all who are on the line. We thank you for the airways. We thank you for the... Avenue in which you've brought this ministry forth, and we thank you for the consistency. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you grow it right now as your chosen under-shepherd has began to water it and nurture it, grow it right now all across the country and all around the world. Let your word about this prayer ministry Spread like it's never spreaded before, and let your children be blessed from tuning in. This is our prayer this day. In the awesome name of Christ Jesus, we say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, and may he keep you.
2: Is it didn't click? Is it didn't sound? You still there? Is it? Didn't...